This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. On this week's show, we talk about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, The Matrix 4 gets an official title, and we are talking about the reality of aliens in our world. Welcome, everybody, to episode 94 of the From a Certain Point of View podcast, and I would like to start today's episode by wishing my podcast partner, Adam, and his wife, Denise, a very happy anniversary. Thank you. We're recording on my anniversary. Today yes, is the day. Ha- happy anniversary. Congratulations yeah. on that. I hope this might not be the smartest wife- day that I've recorded, but... I was going to say, <laughs> I, I hope your wife's not mad at me for, no. you know... <laughs> no, we kind of, we kind of, yeah, we we went out to dinner last night. We we kind of did some stuff last night, and uh, I got a little another meal today earlier, so we're we're good. Good, good. Yep. I'm glad to hear that you guys got to Thank celebrate. You. Thank you. Yeah, twelve years. Yes, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Brit Brittany and I were just talking about in the car on our way home from Kennywood how. Next year we will have been dating or together, you know, for fifteen years. So yeah, that's crazy, pre- isn't it? Pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Denise um, and I are pretty close. I'm, uh, we're pretty close to fifteen years of knowing each mm-hmm. other. Yeah, this is crazy to think about. Making me feel looking, old. Was looking through old pictures from uh, our wedding day and saw some old pictures of you from back then too. Oh yeah, yeah. you'll have to you'll have to share those with me because <laughs> yeah. it's been a while. Yes, it has. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about what we are recommending this week. And speaking of and last I, night, I, actually, I'm gonna hand this over to you uh, because okay. um, I actually don't have a recommendation, but I want to talk about this for a while. So yeah, um, I do want to give a real quick one before we get into the main recommendation. Um, last night we watched um, Cruella because it's available on Disney Plus now. And have you seen this, Adam? Have you seen nope, Cruella yet? yet? Not yet. It's actually really good. I I've, I was, I believe I've heard a lot of good maybe it's because I had, yeah, yeah. maybe it's because I had low expectations, but <laughs> I was really impressed by it and um, didn't think I was gonna like it. But it, I ended up really yeah, low expectations. Liking it. You'll never be disappointed. That's that's true. <laughs> um, but I think it was really well done. You know, it has mm-hmm. a little bit of an edginess and a darker tone that, than a lot of you might expect from like a Disney movie, but it still feels like it fits into, you know, uh, the Disney world at the same time. Um, the Disney world. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't mean the Weird. amusement park. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but I think both, um, I think it's, is it Emma Stone and Emma Thompson or is it Leah? Yeah. Emma Thompson, I think. Yeah. Um, I think they both do a tremendous job um, with the lead, lead characters I, I think that there's a lot of great music featured in this okay. in this movie um you know some some a lot of music i know you'll recognize adam yeah, well, yeah. and um 
it's just really well done. It's visually um, impressive, and and I, I just I, I enjoyed it. Found, found myself really enjoying it. Um, oh, check that one out. Yeah, but I do want to move on to the show that I recommended earlier in the month and and for you to watch yeah. um, was actually Falling Skies because it, it does feature some aliens and we, we are in aliens in August. And, um, it does have some aliens, yes. Yeah. There's yeah, like three different races of aliens. Yeah. And I just remember, I don't remember a whole lot of details from, from the show, but I do remember really enjoying it. I remember enjoying the characters. Um, it really feeling re- really gritty and, and almost feeling sort of military in a way, if, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I like that they were trying to establish a new like government within this whole you know, alien apocalypse type thing that was going on. Yeah. And, and you even mentioned before that you felt like it was kind of almost like Walking Dead, but with aliens. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's I actually that's... kind of one of my, a little bit of a drawback for me because some of it was sure. almost predictable in, in that respect with the Walking mm-hmm. Dead stuff. Like, like it's even named like Walking Dead, you know, Falling Skies, yeah. Walking Dead, you know. Right, um, right. Their characters, some characters are very similar. You know, Tom Mason's like the lead guy. He's very He's similar like to Rick. Rick. Guy, yeah. Um, you have John Pope, who's pretty much Daryl, except for a little bit more uh, contrary on a lot of things. Um, yeah, Pope's. Uh. And then you had the whole Charleston, South Carolina thing, where it seems like this utopia, and you get there, and while maybe they're not cannibals there, it really felt like Terminus a little bit, you know what I mean? There is no sanctuary. <laughs> so, um, I, I actually I really enjoyed it, uh, f- for the most part, uh, watching it this past month. Um, I had a few drawbacks, that was one of them, the whole Walking Dead thing was one of them. It, it, it's definitely, it feels like it, it comes out, you know, it's like a cable TV show post The Walking Dead, because it feels like The Walking Dead, you mm-hmm. know. Um, my other drawback, uh, and I want to do these like real quick, because I actually did like this, so I want to spend some time on the positives on this also. Um, the, the last season, I think, was wasn't my favorite and specifically the finale I was pretty disappointed by the last yeah. villain or the final boss however you want to say it was kind of disappointing like the whole resolution mm-hmm. there was pretty quick and easy and there was a couple character deaths that I wasn't too happy about how they transpired and how they resolved and things like that so um and so yeah, I had I can that totally see that yeah, I, had, I just feel like the last season kind of wandered a bit. I felt that there was some development, like character development things that were out of place a little bit that maybe should have happened a lot earlier in the series, and they just kind of felt like they wanted to get this done before they were you know, done with the show. And right. it felt a little bit weird. Um, so last season I don't think it was, it was the best. It also has some weird dialogue issues and some writing issues for me. Um, sometimes I feel like it either gets a little too cheesy or it holds your hand too much uh, mm-hmm. in terms of dialogue specifically. Um, I'm going to give you a couple examples. Uh, in the, I believe it's the second season, like the first episode, maybe episode and a half of the second season. There's obviously a time gap in between <laughs> the uh, end yeah. of season one and the beginning of season two. 
And I know this because almost every character at some point says, over these last seven months, <laughs> or <laughs> some variation of these past seven months. <laughs> like, They're really I, letting like, you know I get it. seven months. <laughs> like, I get it. <laughs> it's been seven yeah. months. Uh, so so there's that. Some of that happens here and, and there where I feel like it holds your hand a little bit too much, you know, with, with that stuff. The The one cheesiness thing that I can think of is I think it was season four. There's this part where um, aliens have this fog that they can deploy that kind of paralyzes you until uh, the uh, chest hugger, I guess. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> but it's like it latches onto your chest and then turns yeah. you into an alien. Um, so it's not quite a face hugger, but it's the same idea. Similar. <laughs> um, but there's this fog uh, that you know kind of like paralyzes you before that happens. And two of the characters, one played by Will Patton, who I actually I love Will Patton, so I was really mm-hmm. uh, it was happy to see him a lot in the show. And he's Agreed. there every every yeah. uh, pretty much every episode. Um, yeah, but he's stuck in this fog, and he's with the lead character Tom Mason's uh, youngest son at the moment and so you know the youngest kid's kind of scared because bull Patton's stuck in the fog and all that and so will Patton decides to give him some motivation and the motivational speech that he chooses to use goes <laughs> like this the fight's not over till it's over <laughs> and then he makes him repeat it <laughs> and so it becomes like a chant and they keep going yeah the fight's not over till it's over the fight's not over till it's over I'm yeah like, that sounds oof that sounds on. familiar <laughs> that and, and that cheesy. was that was yeah. that was rough and like I, I know it was supposed to be motivational and i ended up laughing <laughs> so mm-hmm. um <laughs> but but uh, you know, aside from those things, there's some really strong points also that I think, for the most part, kind of redeem it from those. Um, it actually, like you mentioned, they they, they want to rebuild a government, and that's kind of what this mm-hmm. whole idea of Charleston, South Carolina, is is where that's happening. That they're going to rebuild the U.S. Uh, starting at that in that city, and uh, in, within that, um, Tom. Mason is a professor, I believe, of history, and so they sprinkle a lot of little historical things in there uh, that they kind of tie into the show, and I, th- I think that is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I really like that stuff, and I, I, I like that character, and I like that he's just kind of like, he's a professor who's, yeah. you know, now trying to survive this this world. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and, and I, I like Tom a lot, too. Um the the other thing I, I really did enjoy is that they do sprinkle in a good bit of religion in this as well, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they aren't afraid to talk about it and to actually show some characters praying and you know all this other yep. stuff, uh, which which I thought was neat. It's it's not something you see a, a ton of in this type of dystopian genre, you know, where you know faith still plays an impact. Usually people are kind of jaded and turned off at that point, lost their um, faith. And yeah, the, yeah, mm-hmm. and but this is you know very much not that way. It's kind of the opposite in a lot of a lot of ways. Uh, so good stuff there. Um, and, and then they also talk about you know not just the endurance of the human spirit, but there's this, you know, very patriotic element of the show too, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. talked a little bit about it with the government and the history and stuff like that, but there's also, you know, there's this whole, you know, patriotic element too. A lot of this deals with, you know, obviously, obviously this is a global thing, um, but a lot of this deals with, you know, kind of the fight at home uh, on, on on this soil. So uh, interesting there as well. And, 
I mean, I, honestly, I really liked the characters too. I think it was pretty well casted, you know, aside from some of the dialogue things that I think took away from it a little bit. Um, I, I really enjoyed the characters. The whole Mason family, I thought, was was pretty pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Tom was excellent. I thought Hal was excellent. Uh, so there's there's a lot of good things about this show. Um, I, I would say don't let the the negatives to kind of pull you out of it too much. Give it a chance. I mean, I think it's it's on HBO Max. I don't know that it's anywhere else. Um, so if you have HBO Max, there's five seasons of this. It's a good watch. You got nothing to lose. You know, give it a shot. So. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go back and rewatch this one because I do, like you said, I remember really enjoying these characters. And and what did you think of um, Cochise? Because I thought that was a really cool character. I really enjoyed I liked Cochise. alien um, character. Yeah, so Cochise is a member of the Vohm species. I'm trying not to go into too many spoilers. Uh, you know, I mean, because I hadn't seen this. Mm-hmm. And so that, uh, I'm I sure there's imagine people out there who others yeah, haven't, seen, that haven't seen it either. Um, Cochise is a member of the Vohm race. They kind of tie in like two or... Th- I think there ends up being like three different races by the end of this thing. Um, mm-hmm. And Cochise is a member of the Vohm who they kind of team up with to take out the uh, Eshveni... Esfeni, yeah. That sounds right, yeah. Or Esfeni, depending on who says it. It's kind of like Han and Han. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, but he, he is an interesting character. He has some kind of daddy issues, <laughs> which is interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, the, I, I think the coach is a character was interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm glad you gave it a watch, and yeah. thank you for giving your thoughts on it. And Yeah, uh, like I said, I enjoyed yeah. it. Like I, I want to take... I tried to not spend too much time in the negatives. I mean, some of them I just was, I don't feel like I want to poke at it, you know, make fun of it, but because I really did enjoy it. So, yeah. Well, fantastic. So if you haven't seen Fallen Skies, you know, Adam and I are are recommending it for the most part. And I'm still recommending it. Yeah, absolutely. You're definitely recommending it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I'm just, don't, don't let the negatives to take you out of it too much if you decide to give it a chance. So. Very good, very good. And we have a lot of exciting news coming up, so let's head to our new segment. Sold out every copy. Tomorrow morning, Spider-Man, page one, with a decent picture this time. Move Conway to page seven. There's a problem with page seven. I make it page eight and give him 10% off. Okay. I make it 5%. That can't be done. Get out of here! That soundbite's kind of timely this week. It very much is. And um, before we get to that, though, uh, Netflix has officially renewed Cobra Kai for a fifth season before the fourth season even aired, um, which is good news for one of my favorite shows. And uh, it's going to start production in Atlanta this fall. And the first three seasons are streaming now with season four premiering this December. So, Adam, this is just, an you know, according to your strategy, this is just going to make you wait another year before you can watch this show <laughs> unless you give in and watch it before it's I, all I done. Might, I might give in. <laughs> um, I'm so definitely in. excited we'll about this one. And we yeah. still don't know exactly when Stranger Things 4 is coming. <laughs> we don't. Cobra Kai is up to five seasons and <laughs> we don't exactly know when <laughs> Stranger yeah, Things 4 is coming. And we don't know about season four yet for Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's talk a little bit about that Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Let's. First of all, it shattered the viewing record. Um, 
So <laughs> the all-time viewership record was previously held by Avengers Endgame with 289 million views. Um, and so I think this is in maybe a 24-hour period. Um, I'm not sure about the other record, but... Uh, according to Deadline, the trailer for No Way Home totaled an all-time viewership record of 355.5 million global views in its first 24 hours. That's impressive. Um, that is most impressive. So, yeah, what did you think of this trailer? And uh, I mean, and it's, I wanna, yeah, it, 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 it's good stuff. I mean, it's first of all, um, I, I think I think Marvel could have. Uh, sidestep some issues by just saying when it would come out, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. because they actually had the thing leak a day beforehand, and so there's you know, it was already viewed by a lot of people, but you know, all this other stuff. So, I right. mean, I think they could have sidestepped that by just saying, Hey, August 23rd, you'll get your trailer. That's um, when it's dropping, yeah, yeah. So it confirms for sure at least a couple uh, villains are returning for this. Uh, definitely Alfred Molina's Doc Ock uh, is back. And uh, it seems to hint at, well, it definitely hints at Green Goblin. Um, mm -hmm. Not quite sure. I kind of feel like that's uh, Harry's Green Goblin. I thought I kind of heard James Franco in there a little bit. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's going to be, uh, if that's going to be uh, the Harry Osborn Green Goblin from Spidey 3, or if it would be, um, um, oh, geez, blanking on his name, uh, Norman, uh, Norman, from, uh, yeah, the, the uh, why, why can't I think of the guy's name? Uh, oh, um, Defoe, uh, Will, yeah, Willem Defoe, Defoe, is that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the one. yeah, um, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure if it's gonna be, you know. I, I, I kind of lean towards Harry, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, That's a good point, Adam. I didn't even consider that. You know, I just thought, okay, this is like the OG Green Goblin right here. Um, yeah. You know, like the the Norman. Yeah. Osborne, but um, that's a good point. It very well could be Harry. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, I'm. I'm really think I, I. I think I heard James Franco speak one of the lines in that trailer, but or at least it sounded yeah. like him. I don't know. Um, but the, then there's also some uh, interesting speculation there, which is probably more than speculation. There's some lightning in there, which is probably uh, hinting at you know, Jamie Foxx's uh, Electro. Electro, yeah. And yes. there's some interesting sand formations there uh, for, for mm -hmm. Sandman. So. Yeah, this is going to be wild. Um, you yeah. know, we're, we're kind of really, it seems like we're really going to dig into the multi multiverse well, as well, even more. Mm -hmm. um, and I got to say, know, I mean, if those guys are back, yeah, I got to think that that means that the Spideys are coming back too, you know, and yeah. Toby and yeah, we Andrew, could. yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be something. I mean, I was excited about this movie before, but this trailer just amped it up couple yeah. notches. Um, sure. I, I do want to talk a little bit about Doctor Strange's kind of what seemingly is a out of character choice to, um, you know, when Peter kind of comes to him and is like, can we make people forget that I'm Spider-Man? And he, he does it. Uh, so that I've, seems I've seen some out of speculation on this, but you know, there <laughs> I've seen yeah. some speculation on this. What do you think of Dr. Strange being a variant? Hmm. That could be. That could be. Yeah, I didn't yeah, think about so that. An another thing I thought of is what if this is like an endgame type of thing where he saw 
the one all these different futures and they lost all of them like except one like what if he sees that peter the reveal of peter being spider-man leads to these like really terrible things happening and actually it would be better if people didn't know about it but then accidentally this opens up this whole or what if this was just meant to be like the TVA. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's meant to be. It's just the way um, it was supposed to be. So a lot of possibilities, <laughs> but I think but I think before we jump the gun and say this is an out of character decision, we have to see it within the context of the film and and why yeah. he's deciding to do that, you know. Yeah. But fantastic trailer, so excited for No Way Home. And I threw another one in here. This one's for you. Um <laughs> Yeah. about a Lion King prequel that I didn't even know was going to happen. Neither. <laughs> and um, so Deadline is reporting that Kelvin Harrison We've had Jr. a little and, running thing of who asked for this the last few weeks. Yeah, who asked for this. Um, yeah. Kevin Har- Harrison Jr. and Aaron Pierre are set to star in a Lion King prequel. Um, production is reportedly already underway. With Moonlight director Barry Jenkins set to dive into the mythology of characters from the original and things like Mufasa's origin story are something that could pop up here. Um, so, Adam, I don't know about you, but I, I know you love The Lion King. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I'll, I, I mean, like I, it a lot. I'll see it. I'll 100% see this if it comes out. Um, yeah, I just, like, don't I just why wondered, we need it. <laughs> right. I was wonder, wondering where you were with it because I was like, eh, I don't know if I really need this, like you just said. But yeah, I, I know it's going to be filmed with the in the same way that the newest Lion King was, like yeah. the photorealistic animation style. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and you know, apparently, I, the most interesting thing for me out of this was that Scar had a name before Scar. Uh, yeah, that was that was, was interesting. Uh, so, I mean... So here's where I'm at with this. Like I, I, I don't know that I ever needed this. You know, it's not something I ever thought about. You know, mm-hmm. however, I would 100% put my butt in the theater seat for it, and I would probably <laughs> like it. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I that you know that's in a nutshell. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I mean. I was very impressed by the, I guess, quote unquote, live action, whatever you want to call yeah. it, photo reel, yeah. um, Lion King that John Favreau did. I, I did that, enjoy see, it. That, that's actually um, one of the things that I'm glad you said that. Uh, with him not doing, I, I don't know if he would ever, mm-hmm. if he would, you know, executive. I know he's busy as all heck with Marvel and yeah. Star Wars right now. Um, but with him, you know, if he doesn't do this and I, I think that was one of the reasons why i really enjoyed the first i I, mm-hmm. I like what he does with it i like the attention to detail that he paid paid it and yeah. i would be a little nervous if he wasn't attached to it in any any way so right. kind of yeah. trust him at this point so we'll have to see if he has any involvement yeah um but yeah and anything else you want to say about the lion king prequel akuna matata all right What a wonderful phrase. And on to the next. Um, So The Matrix 4 finally has an official title. It was revealed at CinemaCon. Um, Warner Brothers made the announcement that it's going to be called The Matrix Resurrections. Um, So I really like this because we had The Matrix Reloaded, The Matrix Revolutions, The Matrix Resurrections. It seems like it all fits. And it's going to give us a reason to bring back some certain characters like Neo and Trinity and... um, it's reported from that they released a teaser trailer and footage from the film where we see um, Trinity 
at a coffee shop with um, Tom Anderson or Neo, whatever you want to call him, and they mm -hmm. don't recognize one another. And then later on, we see a younger Morpheus um, handing Neo a red pill and telling him it's time to fly. Um, so it seems like we're going to have a situation where these characters need to be resurrected or brought back for some reason. Maybe the Matrix is once again in some kind of disarray, and who better to bring back than than Neo and, and, and Trinity? Who are you going to so call? So I'm, I'm guessing... Yeah, who are you going to call? Neo and Trinity. Um, but we know that, you know, from the original Matrix that these, these characters weren't really born, so to speak. They were grown. You know, they were created. So, you know, you would think that they could be created again and, and, and put back into the Matrix. So I'm thinking that's where the storyline is going to go. And it, it, it's, it really, this excites me quite a bit. And cool. I'm excited to, to see where they go with this. I rewatched the first one after we did that show with Dave and Liv from Pizza and Parsecs, and I haven't watched the second two yet. So, yeah, I mean, I gotta catch up. The on first it. one's the the first one's the best, but yep. you know, uh, Reloaded really expands things and opens things up with with the whole like. There's been many ones before Neo and this whole cycle and how it all gets re reloaded and repeated. Um, reloaded. So I did like that about the the second one. See what you did there. Reloaded. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, finally, in our news this week, I wanted to talk about the behind the scenes um, of the Mandalorian finale. Um, so this was kind of an, an add on to the Disney Gallery uh, Mandalorian episode for season two. But here we really get to focus in on bringing Luke back. Um, and I think one of the most interesting things about this was that Plo Koon was actually in the script instead of Luke Skywalker, you know, to keep it a secret. They even did artwork. They did um, certain things so that everybody would think, you know, they, I think they even had dailies that had, you know, Plo Koon's face digitally placed on a body and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's, that's interesting stuff. That's almost like uh, the whole Vader thing from episode five, you know, putting yeah. Obi-Wan into that dialogue. And right. Uh, inter exactly. Interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah, it's impressive that they were able to keep this a secret yeah. and that they were able to keep Grogu a secret in, in season one, mm -hmm. um, in that in that first episode. Yeah. And I do feel like a lot of this though was them kind of like explaining to the fans like why they did what they did with the um, with Luke's face and everything, because I feel like they were just trying to like. Say did you know you we know the, it doesn't look great, but did here's you hear they hired that we one deepfake person from YouTube. Yeah, they should have just used deepfake. They <laughs> they don't admit it in yeah. this documentary, but they should have hired the guy that does it. Yeah, which is awesome. Which is awesome for him, but I mean, it's, yeah, you know. <laughs> but after watching this, I went back and watched the deepfake again, side by side comparison, better, and it yeah. just it looks better. Yeah, it does. you know. Um, so all that work they put into sifting through all kinds of different angles and shots of Mark Hamill's face through all the different movies and stuff, um, which I also question because if they want the Return of the Jedi, Luke, why didn't they just pull from Return of the Jedi? Um, but but maybe <laughs> right. they didn't have enough digital information. Maybe, I don't I, know. I don't know. But, maybe. <laughs> um, it still pulls me out of it, and I like the deepfake better. So, <laughs> um, I but agree. yeah, what'd you think of this? What'd you think of this uh, documentary? 
Uh, I actually haven't watched this episode yet. I'm actually kind of oh, behind okay. on Disney Plus. I haven't even watched the newest What If yet. Sorry for the spoilers, then. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I knew it was coming. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you mean this one was about with, Luke? Yeah, it was, it was about Luke. <laughs> but with that, we are going to go into our main, main segment. We're talking about the reality of aliens, and this is going to conclude our Aliens in August, which has flown by, by the I way, flown, in, yeah. almost in a spaceship. So over the past few weeks, we've been talking about some of our favorite movies and that feature extraterrestrials. And today we're going to look at the actual reality of aliens in our world and, and what's going on with this um, Pentagon report. And we're going to talk about um, the Showtime series documentary UFO. So just to start this off, just so we have a little bit of a kind of backstory here. In 2020... Congress ordered that the Pentagon was to release a report on UFOs. And on June 25th of this year, that report was released. And I just want to quickly go through some of the main points, uh, just kind of a summary of that report that was released. Um, basically, the report doesn't provide any proof that aliens have visited Earth, but it does open the door to taking a more serious look at UFOs. Um, just because it kind of admits to this program that exists um where they're looking into this and, and researching right. this right. um since 2004 by the way yeah since 2004 um so the the nine page report includes 144 sightings between 2004 and 2021 mm -hmm. um the report says that limited data and inconsistent reporting are key challenges to evaluating what they call uap unidentified aerial phenomena instead yeah, of UFOs. Saying ufo yeah yeah um, and some observations could be the result of sensor errors, spoofing, or observer misperception. Right. Um, and I definitely think there's room for people spoofing things or sure. people misperceiving what they see. So, yeah, sure. sure. Um, However, and so, uh, of yeah. the, uh, it also says of those 144 reports, 80 of them were viewed on multiple sensors, multiple devices, um, hmm. which... I mean, some of them can probably be explained by, you know, malfunctions, but when you have, or, or spoofing or hoaxing or whatever, um, you have it on multiple systems like that. It's a little harder to, you know, to write yeah. those ones off. So, I mean, it's harder to explain that away. It, it was interesting because they had 144 of these things, like we said, they could only identify one, <laughs> one, and it was yeah. a balloon. The, uh, the balloon, yeah. And the rest, uh, they could not positively identify. And then, like I said, 80 of them were actually on uh, more than one sensor, which was interesting. So, Yeah, it's interesting stuff. And um, one other thing here is that the, the report indicates that some UAP may be technologies developed by China, Russia, another nation, or a non-government entity. Right. Um, yeah, they actually put so, these things into five different categories. They said one was airborne clutter, which would be things like birds or balloons or, you know, clouds, whatever. Mm -hmm. Or uh, actually not clouds. And this, the second one is natural atmospheric phenomena, which would be things like clouds and ice crystals and things like that. Uh, third is U.S. government or U.S. industry developmental programs. Fourth would be like, you know, we just mentioned with the foreign adversary systems. 
And then the other one, which is interesting to me, which would be an other bin. <laughs> like, they actually called it the other bin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and what are your thoughts that, on I mean, it, this it, report yeah, overall and uh, the significance it, of it? There's not a ton in it, you know? If, mm-hmm. You know, if, for it being a nine-page report, it, it's a lot of, you know, we don't know what this is. We don't have enough data. Uh, we need to get better data. Um, they actually do call this uh, a threat, uh, you know, just because they mm-hmm. don't know what it is. Uh, they don't know how it behaves. or you know, they, uh, they did end up saying that they saw patterns in some of this stuff, which is interesting. Uh, they kind of could classify them a little bit. Uh, in the in the separate um, categories, almost. Uh, I think it's interesting that they put U.S. government or U.S. industry developmental programs into something unidentified. I mean, can't, they can't. <laughs> Somebody be both. knows who it is. <laughs> they can't be both. <laughs> no. Uh, so interesting there. Um, I mean, overall, it, it's interesting stuff. Only if only just because they're saying that this is a real phenomenon, you know, yeah. that this isn't people think about how many years gases, it was downplayed you know? and, right. and calling people crazy if they right. saw anything. And, you know, yeah. so, uh, yeah, so that, that is, uh, that's interesting. One of the things I did highlight in this was the, uh, another, um, heading here that says that they probably lack a single explanation, which I think is interesting. Um, mm-hmm leaving the door open for more than one thing. I mean, you said, uh, I think it was last week, uh, that, you know, this could have been, this could be something like we were visited once and, uh, ever since then it's us trying to replicate it, you know? Um, right. Right. It could be a combination of things, uh, that we're seeing. It could be foreign, uh, government, mm-hmm. foreign into tech and stuff like that. Uh, so there's definitely some interesting stuff in this. There's nothing concrete. Uh, like I said, I think the most interesting thing is just the fact that, you know, it's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's that's the most interesting thing for me, too. Just that it's kind of, it makes it, like, legit kind of that, okay, right. this is actually a program we have. We're, we're looking into this. Right. Um, so that leads us into the UFO what I call a docu-series. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but... Um, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. What were your overall... Th- before we get into specifics, what were your overall thoughts about this documentary? Uh, I mean, it, it's good stuff. I feel like I've seen some of this before in other documentaries. I mean, it, it does cover some of the same things that have been around for, you know, a, a little while, so it does tread on some uh, familiar territory in, in some respects. Uh, however, it does... I think it does a good job of, of not just coming at it from a UF from an alien perspective. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of branches out. It, there's four episodes to this thing. Um, you know, the, one of them deals with you know some of the classic UFO stuff. Uh, you know, one of them deals with some uh, governmental conspiracy. Um, uh, explanations, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them deals with abductions, which I don't think we're going to talk about too much, just as we've been kind of focusing on UFOs uh, for this right. month. Um, but I, I, I thought it did a good job over just four um, 
these are like less than an hour, right? This is like forty five. They range from like forty five to forty five to an hour, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it does a pretty good job of you know trying to be almost like a comprehensive um, documentary. It kind of really stems uh, from the New York New York Times article a few years ago that kind of uncovered this uh, these governmental programs that were looking into UFOs. Uh, mm-hmm. So it kind of uses that as a impetus, and then kind of explores the whole thing from there. You know what you know what the what these government agencies are, where they come from, you know the relationships they have with private sector and all that other stuff. So it does a good job of uh, over just four episodes of, of doing that. So yeah, and I think the the New York Times thing was a really big deal that that they yeah, yeah, New yeah. York Times had published yeah. an article about it. You know. Um, and I agree. I think this is a really well put together documentary. I think it's one of the better ones I've seen. Um, it, I, I do like how it presents different sides of the argument. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's not just, you know, UFOs are aliens for sure, 100%. And here's all the reasons why. It, 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 right. it kind of makes you think and presents different explanations. Too. Right. Yeah. Um, so digging into some of this stuff, um, you mentioned the New York Times report. Um, which was in 2017 on the Pentagon's secret UFO program that had been active since 2007 with a reported budget of $22 million called um, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, ATIP for short. Um, So basically this was really big news. This was a really big deal when it it happened, when it came out um, that the Pentagon had this secret UFO program. Um, I don't know if there's anything more you want to say about that program specifically before we move on. Uh, no, let's just get into some other stuff. Okay. I think one of the most interesting things for me was the Phoenix lights, um, situation. That that one really, really interesting. Yeah. It's really eerie. Um, yeah. So if you don't know about the Phoenix lights, it, it happened in 1997. And, um, basically it was a triangular formation of lights, um, that, that was in, in the sky. And, um, a lot of people saw it. There were thousands yeah. of witnesses. Yeah. Many reported it to the national UFO reporting center. Um, it didn't make like sound, right. it, you know, they, it was, and people saw it move and then I think even vanish and went somewhere else. Um, if, uh, if I'm remembering correctly yeah, yeah. and the governor of Arizona, um, Fife Simington got involved with, with this whole thing. And I think he might've even seen it himself. That's what possibly. he says. I, I mean, I, yeah. I've seen him in some other stuff too, and I have a weird time trusting him with this stuff. I mean, it seems yeah. like he's kind of playing both sides of this in some respects. Sure. I think so too. Um, because I mean, um, he, he does say you know, he saw this stuff and then he's, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to get into some of the other stuff that he did here too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this was really interesting how this all went down because at yeah. first he, he really was adamant about launching an investigation into this. Um, the result of that investigation was the national guard saying they were conducting flare exercises that night, but that really didn't match up with the, the timing didn't line up and it also doesn't what, look like flares. <laughs> it doesn't look like flares, you know, <laughs> right. at all. So, yeah. um, so that explanation was not satisfactory. Right. I don't think to anybody who saw it. Um, and <laughs> it, it actually, it was later, they later say in the documentary that the jets were actually launched 
um, I think by the, the Air Force, um, in response to the sightings that people had seen. And the pilots, when they got back, were scared to death, reportedly, um, about what they saw. Yeah. So that's interesting. And yeah, and then I think it was... Go ahead, Adam. No, I was just going to say, like, like later, like we've mentioned, this kind of goes... Uh, presents more than one side of this whole thing and you know what it talks mm -hmm. about later in the third episode is that there's been research into uh v-shaped uh aircraft uh mm -hmm. the you know the goal is to you know take them f higher faster that type of stuff and yeah. uh that the the shape and the lights of this kind of resembles some of the research and some of the you know um um, I don't want to say models, uh, prototypes, uh, you know, that we've kind of come up with, you know, in, mm -hmm. in the government sector, private sector, that type of stuff. So um, it does, you know, like we said before, it, it, it comes at this from, uh, you know, unidentified, we don't know what this is, to, to maybe it's this, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems pretty clear that the government was trying to, you know, deflect in some way or cover something up. Um, because we, we learned that a little bit later, the governor called the, uh, Fife Symington governor of Arizona called an emergency press conference, um, which was in itself a big deal. Um, but they end up, ha this was just completely outrageous. They, yeah. they have this fake alien show up in this press conference mm -hmm. and it's a staffer um, wearing an alien suit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and basically it just completely discredits yeah. the people who were saying they saw something for real. And, um, just, I think, you know, and, and there's speculation that the government might've been involved with that and had a conversation with that governor and, um, right. you know, so, yeah, I mean, it, it seems to present the story that he, you know, cause wanting to do this and was, uh, persuaded not to, you know, Mm -hmm. You kind of play yeah. the whole thing off. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then I think that was, for me, that was the main thing in the first episode that really stood out. Um, and then, I, and then in the beginning of the second episode, we, we get this incident from November 10th in 2004, the USS Princeton, um, basically caught, I guess we'll say caught a UFO on radar. And at first it was high and moving slow. Um, and it, it appeared on and off of the radar over the course of seven days, actually. Um, and then they launched aircraft to intercept the UFO, and the pilots witnessed the object, which they described as looking kind of like a tic-tac, um, moving fast in all kinds of different directions and skimming over the water. And they, you know, they saw the water spraying up, and, um, and, and you know, they, they seemed pretty freaked out about what they saw. So, yeah, you know, not, we uh, don't we don't know of anything that has those capabilities of what they reported. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, they got Kevin Day, uh, which is one of the pilots, to talk about this. Uh, he's been talking about it more uh, in some of these documentaries. He's one of the ones that saw Tic Tac. Uh, Tic Tac's a really interesting video. You, know, you can go watch mm -hmm. it. It's one of those ones that the... Uh, the DOD has confirmed, you know, it, and that's, you know, kind of where this whole report comes, uh, comes yeah. from, you know, um, 
So if you look this thing up, you want to look up uh, USS Nimitz. I, I believe that the one that actually caught the video, if I'm remembering right, the one that caught the mm-hmm. video came off of the USS Nimitz. So if you look up Tic Tac or USS Nimitz, you should find this thing pretty easy. Um, but yeah, it looks like that. I think they said it was like this 40 foot long uh, oblong shape. Looks like a mm-hmm. Tic Tac mint, you know, a large Tic Tac yeah. mint. This thing in flying around, going incredibly fast. The end of this video, you see this thing just dart off the screen, you know, like speeds that the pilot said that we just can't do, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I've, I've seen a few other documentaries, like like it, experts that know this equipment say that we don't, our best top-of-the-line fighters, fighter jets, planes, can't do this stuff, you know? Right, right. Uh, so we're either talking about, like, Really advanced technology advanced that's technology. still in its infancy, that's still, you know, uh, top secret or whatever. You know, or there's some other explanation. I don't know what mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't know what I believe it is. I don't know what it is <laughs> for sure, you know. Right. Gotcha. Um, another thing that I was kind of freaked out about in this uh, episode <laughs> yeah. was Skinwalker Ranch. And Skinwalker after I saw this, Ranch I, is really I was interesting. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'd much rather go to Skywalker Ranch than Skinwalker Ranch after watching this. <laughs> Hang out yeah. with George Lucas a little bit instead of this place. But uh, yeah. it's it's in Utah, yep. and there have been UFO sightings, uh, decades Everything. of stories about paranormal activities. Yeah. Um, there's a reportedly a shape-shifting witch known as the Skinwalker. I right. guess that's where the name Skinwalker Ranch Yeah, comes which comes from, from like Native American mm-hmm. lore stories, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, people on the property have also reported hearing voices speaking languages they didn't understand. Um, and then there was this whole thing with mutilated animals. Yeah. Um, and then Robert Bigelow brought, bought the property. Yeah. Robert Bigelow is a recurring name in this documentary. mm -hmm. If you're not familiar with him, he's, you know, uh, pretty rich guy in the, in the, in the private sector owns uh, Bigelow industries. I think it is. And mm-hmm. has been interested in UFOs for a long time, uh, and so he's kind of the driving some of the money behind a lot of these companies and a lot of these um, groups that end up you know, doing UFO research. Um, they talk about him more in I think the third episode, maybe the fourth episode. I forget exactly which. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the, there seems to be this group that keeps popping up. Bigelow is one of them. Um, of the, the people that, you know, names you keep seeing attached to these uh, projects. And, you know, they, they raise the question, is it, you know, just that they're that interested in it, that they keep pursuing it? Or is it you know, more something like, you know, they, uh, um, they're controlling information? know basically mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh in that respect in controlling you know, we talked about controlling information we usually talk about it from a government aspect uh yeah. they kind of raise the question of you know is it controlling information to keep this idea of uh ufo theories going you know so mm-hmm. inter- interesting questions and it, however you feel about it but yeah and then you know i'm gonna pass the baton to you at this point too to 
Um, yeah, so the third episode really kind of goes into, you know, some other possible ideas, uh, possible explanations what these things might be. It really talks a lot about controlling information, like we just mentioned, and disinformation, actually. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, and, you know, one of the points that they raise a couple times in this is that the data that we have on UFOs is so... Um, muddied i think they this is one of the words that they use mm-hmm. um there's stuff there but then there's also tons of just crap you know uh, right and it's hard to sift through what's the good stuff and what's the crap right um mm-hmm. and i you know i think going back to the report that's you know one of the main ideas in this report going forward is that we need to have better ways of you know reporting this stuff or researching this stuff so that we can cut through that crap, you know, so that we have good data that we can look at. Um, and kind of get a better idea what these things are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it, like I said, it goes into a lot of misinformation, and you, know, you have some people on the show that, you know, talk about the misinformation that they've, that they know of, or that they've even been a part of, actually. Uh, one of the interesting interviews was from Richard Doty, who uh, was uh, formerly in the um, Air Force Office of Special Investigations, AFOSI. Um, and he said that they absolutely used disinformation uh, for UFOs, except... <laughs> good to know. He comes at it from a way, um, you know, and this is back in the, I think he, I think this is like late 70s, uh, so this is Cold War era stuff. Um you know, that they had, and I forget exactly what base he said he was on, but um, that there was a laser that they could shoot up uh, that would temporarily disable Soviet satellites that were trying that to was really take an image. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so they don't want it to get out people there. People that that, don't that want people to know have, about that. That we have those capabilities. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, he he talked about having this 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 uh, acquaintance that he knew, um, you know, that saw this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that was taking pictures that ended up seeing this stuff happen, and so uh, you Thinks know, it's Richard UFOs, Doty, you know, yeah. says, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe you did see a UFO, just because you you don't mm-hmm. want that, you know, you don't want it to get out what we're actually what yeah. they're actually doing, you know, so um, they, they talk about the government kind of perpetuating the idea of UFOs. If, if, whether or not it's aliens, they kind of, you know, use it to cover up what is actually happening, which is, you know, kind of opposite of what you normally think. You know, you normally think that they are UFOs and that the government's going to say, no, there's there's none of that stuff. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not real. It's none of that stuff. It's, it's swamp gas. It's weather balloons. It's all this other stuff. But then you find out that there are instances where they have said maybe it's a ufo yeah it's UFOs. <laughs> because it's because not they're our covering up something else you know intelligence and yeah they use this world. idea of a magician you know they kind of um they keep showing this old black and white footage of a, of a, a magician that kind of shows you the left hand to distract you from what the right hand is doing you know mm-hmm. um, so it's that kind of idea yeah, I think that's where it, it started to really boggle the mind for me. And like, it was hard for me at this point to wrap my head around where the truth lies even more because now you're dealing with the government and are they trying to just control how much we know about UFOs 
or are they trying to distract us with ufos when it's really government intelligence and, and technologies you know um so it really begs that question of absolutely of, yeah or or is it both i don't you know so it gets really kind of jumbled at this yeah point and me. you know uh from having just kind of watched and rewatched a lot of x-files stuff this is everything that the x-files deals with which is really mm -hmm. interesting you know um it, it really these very same ideas you know the misinformation you know using yeah. ufos to cover up what it actually is um that type of stuff so it's, it's really interesting you know from that perspective mm -hmm. uh so then the other big thing i think i took away from from this episode was the possible idea that what things like tic tac were are actually uh pieces of technology that we have that are ours that the military has deployed as tests on top of you know normal procedures for pilots and things like that to see how they react mm -hmm. uh, to see if mm -hmm. they can you know engage with it or you know see how they can see it see how it shows up on the radars that type of stuff you know basically it could be more or less sending out pilots to interact with an unknown object, you know, kind of almost manipulating them in a way, in a big yeah. way, um, which is, I mean, ethically, I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, it's you know, kind of blowing my mind right now. Kevin, <laughs> like I said, Kevin Day is one of the ones that talked about this, and he said, he actually, I think the quote that he used was, it might be even illegal, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. to do something mm -hmm. like that. You're putting them in a very, if that is what's happening, it's a very dangerous situation. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, putting new technology you know, right in the middle of, uh, you know, your, your pilots <laughs> um, hmm. just to test wow. it yeah that's without their knowledge that's something so uh you know crazy stuff there um but yeah that that was i think that was the main parts of of episode three that really stood out to me uh yeah and then episode four like i said really gets into a lot of the fourth uh fourth kind uh, yeah, we're not so we're like not uh, we're not talking stuff. about close encounters of the fourth yeah, kind yeah yeah are we just the third kind. Maybe next August. <laughs> there you go. Um, so what really stood out to you from this documentary, and, and why do you think it really stood out to you? Um, I think what really stood out to me, actually, was the range of uh, footage that they show, uh, showed. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there was a ton of really interesting video in this. Um, whether or not it's all it's aliens, whether or not it's it's real, it's a hoax. I mean, there's just some really interesting things that really make you think. Uh, in yeah. this, you know, you know, what is the stuff that we're seeing? Um, and where does it come from? All that's you know, all those questions. Uh, so I think that would be my favorite part is just the range of evidence mm -hmm. or, or you know, quote unquote evidence or video that they showed. Yeah, I think for me, um, was the Phoenix Lights situation I, I think that was very fascinating for me yeah. given all that they they had like you said too they had a lot of footage surrounding this particular incident mm -hmm. a lot of people witnessed it um you know so there had to be something whether it was alien or you know our technology or, mm -hmm. or somebody else's but um and just the lengths that you know people go to to cover things up like that um 
So I, I think that story really stood out to me. Now, do you feel like you learned anything new from watching this? Like, was would, were you presented with any new information, or did you learn anything from it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I and I think I go back to that third episode, you know, just because, I, I mean, I feel like I've seen a lot of some of the other stuff before. Like I said, I feel like it kind of walks the same paths as some other documentaries that are already out there. Um, mm -hmm. So, like... You know, I, I'm totally fascinated by things like the Tic Tac video or Phoenix Lights, but I, you know, I've seen that stuff before. But I think what I mm -hmm. really learned from this, you know, it was kind of that third episode. It was kind of the disinformation, and the, it, it is it's uh, more twisted than I think I originally was even really aware of. You know, it's more. Um, I mean, I'm not, maybe twist is not the right way to do it. It's more complicated. There's more layers to it, you know? It's layered, it, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not just in disinformation in the fact that, you know, they're covering up aliens. It's disinformation mm -hmm. in the fact that they're using <laughs> aliens. They're using the, you know, pub the public's fascination with this to cover up other stuff, you know? Yes. So yeah. I, think, I think that's I what I learned. I'm right there with you. 100% same thing for me. Um, just that third episode and the, the disinformation. And I had never considered the thought that the government would use UFOs to actually cover up their own secrets. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, and did this documentary or even the Pentagon report change any of your thoughts about aliens or Uf UFOs? Um, if so, how? I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I still believe that, you know, maybe not. I, I, I think, I, I, okay, so maybe a little bit. Maybe it changed a little mm -hmm. bit in the fact that maybe I, I think I used to think that it was more exclusively aliens. Yes. Um, and, you know, now I, th I think it's a mixture of you know, yep. aliens and other stuff. I, I, I do still believe, um, you know, that aliens are out there. Uh, that we're mm -hmm. not the only life in the universe. Um, I believe I believe that with my whole heart, to be honest with you. Uh, I do think that they have visited here. Um, I don't know how often, you know. Um, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe it was once in 1947 and never mm -hmm. again. Um, and then ever since then, it's our attempt We've to just been using learn that technology from that, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, maybe that's what it was. Uh, but I, 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 so maybe it did change a little bit more to the fact that it's uh, that there's more than one explanation. I guess, like the like the uh, report said that there's uh, it's probable that there's more than one uh, reason for these things. Yeah, um, you keep stealing my answers, man. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking the same way that you are, that, you know, anytime, if, since I was young, I would look up to the sky with interest, and, you know, anytime I would see anything strange, my my initial gut thought would be aliens, you know, and um, UFOs and originating from aliens. And um, But now, after seeing this, like, I do feel like I'm a little bit pulled towards the direction of whether you know it's technology we already have or, or technology we've developed or in come in possession of you know mm -hmm. from the government being involved or you know um so now i'm kind of you know 
kind of in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, and I, I think that too, but then like, I, then I, I still think about like experts and, and, and people in the field that look at these things and say that we just can't do this stuff. You know, it goes against the law of physics. And then, so mm-hmm. where does that fit into mm-hmm. all this? You know what I mean? Yeah. How does that fit in? Yeah, for sure. So it's wild. So I think we're leaving aliens in August with even more questions than answers. <laughs> um, but I've really enjoyed this month I've had a and lot it's really of flown by. This. Yeah. It was a lot of fun exploring our, our aliens in August from, from from movies to TV shows to reality. Yeah. Um, everything in this between. It was a lot of so, fun. Uh, that really it was a lot of fun. This month. Yeah. Me too. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you had a blast, and we hope you had as much fun with Aliens in August as we did. Uh, if you have missed any of these episodes, go back and check them out. It's starting at episode uh, 91, I believe, uh, which was uh, Independence Day and Men in Black. We're kind of Will Smith week is what we called it. Uh, moving on to Alien, and then last week was Signs and Arrival. Uh, if you haven't caught up on those shows yet, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and go back and check out those uh, those shows from previous weeks. Get all caught up on Aliens in August. Uh, it, it's all wrapped up now, but you can still enjoy it. It's always there in, in your podcast feed. Go back and listen to it and check it out and get caught up. We would really appreciate it. Uh, also, while you're doing that, if you're on an app like Apple Podcasts that lets you leave a review, please do so. That helps us get out to more and more people. Uh, we are continuing our watch party in Discord. Uh, we started last week, uh, Stranger Things, way back in Season 1, Episode 1. Uh, so we're continuing Stranger Things uh, with Episode 2 this coming Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time in our Discord server. The link for that is in the show notes and on the website as well. Uh, speaking of the website, we might have some news on the website uh, coming up in the coming weeks. So be on alert for that. However, on that website, you can check out uh, blog articles that we've written in the past. Uh, there's links that you can send us questions and show topics. There's also links to our socials, which are Instagram and Twitter at certain POV Pod. Facebook page is from a certain point of view. Our email address is certainpovpod at gmail.com. We are hosted by anchor.fm, where if you uh, use their, the Anchor app, you can send us a voicemail on there. We would love to play your voicemails on the show. And uh, if you don't have the Anchor app, you can just give us a call on any old phone. Uh, that phone number is 724-901-1783. Once again, that's 724-901-1783. Uh, we want to hear every thought that you have on aliens uh, to wrap up aliens in August. So send them in. What do you think they are? What is the reality of this whole thing? Have you have you read this report? Have you watched UFO? We want to hear it all. Send those voicemails in. We'll play them. If we get an hour worth of voicemails, I'll play every single freaking one of them. <laughs> so send ET phone them home. In. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we are part of the Red 5 Network. Uh, check them out at red5network.com and on Twitter at red5network. Since I mentioned earlier Dave and Liv, why don't you check out Pizza and Parsecs while you're at it. We love Dave and Liv. We've had a few shows with them now. And uh, they are two awesome, awesome podcasters talking about Star Wars and lots of other stuff too. 
Uh, so check out Dave and Liv at Pizza and Parsecs. You can find me on the internet at the gauze 85 on Twitter and Instagram. Josh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at JediJarJar1722. And I just want to thank you guys once again so much for being listeners of our show. And we've had a really good time with the aliens in August. We hope you have too. And we're on to our next adventures. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed episode 94 where everything we said was true from a certain point of view.